Deuteronomy 18 will be our first spot. Deuteronomy 18, we're going to look at Old Testament verses mainly this afternoon, but we're going to try to get an understanding of inspiration of God's holy word in relation to the Old Testament. And all throughout the Old Testament, we see the claim that we have the Word of God and that the Scriptures that we have, and even that they had, are the Word of God. And it's full of prophets that have spoken for God on the earth. And even though they're on the earth, they're speaking heavenly words because the words that we have in this book are God-breathed and given to the mouth of the prophet to speak for God. Deuteronomy 18, we have a messianic prophecy, a very powerful one. At the end of the chapter, the Bible says in Deuteronomy 18, verse number 18, I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren like unto thee, and will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command. And you know what they had right then and there? At that time, they had Moses that would, would, was receiving notice from God, and then he was the mouthpiece for those people. He got the heavenly text message or email, if you will, and so God used Moses the prophet. And we have a messianic prophecy of, uh, uh, of the Messiah coming and he is going to be the prophet and he's going to give, you, give us some information that we didn't get from Moses. And he, and he says that when God is ready to, for you and I to have more truth than just the law, Jesus Christ is going to come onto the scene. And it's going to be more than the law. It's going to be, he's going to be full of grace and truth. We see that in Deuteronomy 18. And when you see, when you see this uh, in verse number 18, it says, um, in the middle of the verse, and will put my words in his mouth. God put his words in Moses' mouth, and God the Father put the words in God's the son in God the son's mouth so in John chapter number 7 when Jesus said why don't we turn there so you can read it and stay in John too uh, as well because we'll be flipping back there a couple times John 7 verse number 16 Jesus comes on the scene and in verse number 16, Jesus answered them and said in John 7, 16, he said, my doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. That's what Deuteronomy 18, 18 is pointing to. God's words came through Moses' mouth and God's word came through God, but it was God the Father who gave God the Son the words or the doctrine. It's not my doctrine, it's the Father's doctrine. He gave me notice and I'm reporting to you what my Father said. God the Father, God the Son, hand in hand right there. 
So that's that. And then he says, hold your place in John, but also hold your place in Deuteronomy 18. Because it says also in that verse, um, I will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. We like to, we, we made mention of this, I believe, in Sunday school. You know, we're not, a, we're not a hobby horse church in the sense of we just pick one or two doctrines and just park on that all the time. We try to work through all the counsel of God. So we're going to go through all of the books and the verses and not skip some or just park on a few. We're going to get all the counsel of God. And I say that because it says, shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. That's what that prophet did. It was God's inspired word, and they had to report all of it. It was fulfilled, Deuteronomy 18. Look at John 12 now. Look at that in light of John 12. John 12 in verse 40. Nine, John 12 toward the end, the second to the last verse, John 12, 49. Watch it fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Okay, there was Moses the prophet in Deuteronomy 18, but we also have the prophetic fulfillment, that look of the Messiah. And watch 49, John 12, 49. For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me. He gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. God the Father, God the Son, complete equality and unity. But we see Jesus Christ, he's not just speaking any old thing. It was God breathed from the Father and God the Son breathed from, the, from Christ when he's on earth. So Deuteronomy 18, we have... References to John 7, John 12, and also get John 5. Get John 5. In, in light of Deuteronomy 18 and the 19th verse. So hold your place in John 5 and go back to Deuteronomy 18. Look at verse 19. And it shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken unto my words, which he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. All the words spoken and all the words written are from God. It don't matter if it's Moses the prophet or the prophet that's going to come after Moses, Jesus Christ. Look at verse 43 of John 5 now. It says in John 5, 43, Jesus said, I am come in my Father's name, and you receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him ye will receive. There are those that will presume to speak on behalf of God that aren't speaking on behalf of God. We see it in Deuteronomy 18. We see it in John chapter 5 through Jesus' words. 
we're going to see it a little bit, well, we're going to look at it actually kind of right now. Okay, so right now, how do you know that what is being spoken of is what God would have you to hear? It has to be that this book is inspired. The Old Testament prophet was inspired. The messianic prophecy that was predicted in Deuteronomy 18 is true based on the cross references in John 5 and John 12 and John uh, 7. Or it's not. If it is, then we know this is our go-to. We know if someone's pointing you outside of this, and they've got a bestseller book that's just a bunch of hodgepodge, they might be coming in Jesus' name or saying that, but they're not. And that's why I always have to come back to, and I believe we should always come back to, thus saith the Lord, what does the Scripture say? This book, we either believe it's the inspired Word of God, or it's just like any other ordinary book. It's not like any other ordinary book. We've got to test and filter everything through this word. Um, look at, you're already in Deuteronomy 18, so go back there and let's look at verse 20 and then we'll wrap up in this, in this chapter at least for today. It says, but the prophet in Deuteronomy 18 verse 20, which shall presume to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or that shall speak in the name of other gods, even that prophet shall die. And just like the New Testament church age now, the Old Testament prophets had the same thing. Oh, this is from God. I'm a prophet. I have words. I'm speaking. I'm commanding. And people would get duped. They'd get mixed up. Jeremiah is a perfect example. Go to Jeremiah 23. Uh, we'll, see a, we'll see some pretenders, not prophets, pretenders. Okay, I've got it. Jeremiah 23. Look at verse 21. Jeremiah 23, verse 21. I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. And the prophets and the pastors, the word pastor shows up more in the Old Testament than the New Testament, and it shows up, I think, every single time in the Old Testament. Every single time is in the book of Jeremiah. And do you know why? Well, it's all in a negative connotation, number one. And why is it in a negative connotation? Because they're pretenders. They're speaking words that aren't the words of God. And it messed people up. One of the reasons why Jeremiah had such a, a rough go at the ministry. And they're speaking, but they're not God's mouthpiece. Jeremiah 2. Why weren't they God's mouthpiece? Jeremiah 2 tells us. Jeremiah 2, verse number 8. Jeremiah 2, 8. The priest said not, Where is the Lord? And 
they that handle the law knew me not. The pastors also transgressed against me. And the prophets prophesied, oh, they prophesied all right, but by Baal, and walked after things that do not profit. We have all types of verses that we're looking at this afternoon concerning the inspiration of God's Word, God speaking through Old Testament prophets. But we also have the same problem today that they had in the Old Testament days and specifically Jeremiah's time. There's prophecy going on, but it's not after God. And there's things being spoken, but it isn't after what God would have us to know or to hear. You, you, it shouldn't feel defeating, but at times it does feel defeating. Who Does anybody want to know the truth anymore? Most of the Bible-believing churches I have met one pastor not that I know a lot of people <laughs> but I know some I have met one pastor who sticks with the book keeps the hymns preaches against sin public ministry conservative music holds the line on on dress standards the whole the whole you know what we would think as uh, as a conservative bible believing church I've only met one, maybe there's more, that has over a thousand people coming to one place. Most of the ones that I know, 100, 200, 300, maybe, maybe tipping four. Now maybe it's because I just don't know a lot of people, or maybe it's just because the thousands are going to Hollywood acrobatics trying to be pushed off as this is somehow for God. And Jeremiah's day was the same thing. People are going after stuff. Jeremiah's got nobody following him. But there's people following who? The false pastors and the prophets that are prophesying after Baal. And that's always been the deception. Is what is being said, is it from God or not? This is why I keep hammering on, we've got to go by this book. Or we might as well just go by anything. <laughs> hey, what do you got this week, brother? What have you been reading? What do you think? How do you feel? What do you... I mean, you can just go on anything. It doesn't really matter. If this book isn't right and true and correct and inspired of God, let's just read Dr. Seuss. <laughs> What's the difference? Green eggs and ham. <laughs> But there is a difference. It's a spiritual book. It must be taken that way. Go to Exodus 7. We must only say what God says. And the Old Testament prophets showed this. Exodus 7 shows that they only spoke what God told them to speak. Exodus 7 verse 1. And the Lord 
said unto Moses, See, I have made thee a god to Pharaoh, and Aaron thy brother shall be thy prophet. Thou shalt speak all that I command thee, and Aaron thy brother shall speak unto Pharaoh, that he send the children of Israel out of his land. God steps on the scene and says, you are going to say what I tell you to say. It's great. Hey, did, did the Lord lay something on your heart? It better have been the Lord. <laughs> the, has the Lord given you a word? Has the Lord given you a thought? Hey, I have a thought for you. I have a word for you. Is it what the Lord wants us to know? Or is it, this is kind of just, I kind of, I don't know, I got a good feeling about this. Let's go with it. Moses said what God told him to say. What are we to say? Exactly what God said in this book, and we stick to it. Um, let's go to the book of Ezekiel, go past Jeremiah and past Lamentations, and then you'll come to the book of Ezekiel chapter 3. I'll give you one more example concerning this. Ezekiel chapter number 3, verse number 16. Um... Watch what came to the prophet. Verse number 16 of Ezekiel 3. And it came to pass at the end of seven days that the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, I have made thee a watchman of the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the word of my mouth and give them warning from me. Ezekiel got to stand as a watchman. Man, there's thousands of things going on and Ezekiel gets to stand and watch. And God says, I'm going to tell you what to do and say. The word of the Lord came unto the prophet. And he spoke what God would have him to speak. He has life and he's breathing. But it's really the words or, the, or the, it, it's God breathed words. This is what we mean when we say, man, the prophet was inspired. The Old Testament scriptures are inspired. All of what we have here, it's inspired of God. It's what God said. Yeah, but doesn't it record what people are saying? Yeah, but God inspired it. God breathed it. And that's why we need to know what the Lord said. And it's a warning. Ezekiel was a warning prophet. He stood as a watchman and he told the people what God would have them to know. And we too, as Christians, we are to, it's really in a sense, sticking with this book is a warning against ourselves and our own words and our own thoughts and our own speech. If I, right now, I am commenting on the Bible. And when you do your Bible reading, you read the inspired word of God. And then you have a discussion or you talk about it or however that works in your family devotions. All of that isn't inspired. 
But when you read God's Word, you are reading what He inspired and what He wants you to have. And we've got to stand watch to make sure that we stick with this inspired Word. Um, let's look uh, uh, briefly at Moses again. Go back to uh, Deuteronomy and go to the 34th chapter, Deuteronomy 34. Deuteronomy 34. And this is this is a great powerful verse is probably a better word. It's a powerful verse in 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 Deuteronomy 34 verse 10. And the Bible says, And there arose not a prophet since in Israel like unto Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. And all the signs and the wonders which the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh, to all his servants, and to all his land, and in all that mighty hand, and in all the great terror, which Moses showed in the sight of all Israel. Yeah, and it was actually the hand of God and the words of God working through the prophet of God. That's why that's so powerful. You ever hear a sermon? You say, man, that, that was a good one. Man, that was powerful. I've said that after Sarah's sermon. Man, that man, that, that preacher, he really laid it on thick. <laughs> Whoo! Uh, yeah, it was actually God. <laughs> it was actually God's Spirit that laid it on thick, if it's the truth of the Word of God. And that's why Moses was so powerfully used, because it was really God using that man. It was the hand of God on the prophet of God, and that prophet of God had his mouth and his tongues and his lips saying the words of God. It's powerful. And so what we have all throughout the Old Testament is seeing words spoken and commandments said and New Testament cross-references, we looked at some of them, all pointing and showing from the Old Testament that we have inspired scripture let's go to the book of Hosea go back to Ezekiel keep flipping forward through Daniel and then we'll come to the prophet Hosea Hosea chapter number 12 Hosea chapter number 12 Bible says in, in verse 12, Hosea 12, 12. And Jacob fled into the country of Syria, and Israel served for a wife, and for a wife he kept sheep. Um, and by a prophet the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt, and by a prophet was he preserved Do 
Jacob fled, and he's. It's a picture that you you. You and I are better off in poverty than in the worldly amusements of Canaan. You're better off in poverty just with your sheep, tending to your sheep and your flock in your pasture. Because you've got your flock in your pasture and you are able to preserve the posterity of that flock. You're able, to con you're able to preserve the integrity of that breed, of that line. And you're better off poor and in poverty just with your sheep than out in the world. And are you a sheep? <laughs> you're better off just in poverty letting the Lord preserve you and keep you so that you have a posterity that is godly rather than out in Canaan getting all mixed up in the world and then you got all types of crossbreeding. <laughs> and I'm not talking about white or black or Mexican or Oriental or Italian or Spanish. I'm not talking about any, any of that race. I'm talking about Christians mingling with non-Christians and thinking that somehow you're going to... Well, that's a great... Who thought of that as a great idea as a, as a way to keep holiness and godliness? You aren't if you take strange wives or strange husbands. Don't know the Lord. Man, you're just better off poor and with the Lord. You really are. Because God's going to keep you from danger and He's going to keep you from evil. Psalm 77 says, Thou leadest thy people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. And it wasn't through their own power that they were led. They were led by the power of the prophet who had the power of God. And they were led as sheep. Are you a sheep? We should be led by the prophet, Christ, Jesus, the Lord. And we see Hosea prophesies, um, prophesies that. Um, let's, look at, uh, let's look at David briefly. And then we'll briefly look at, at Daniel. Go to, um, go to Acts 2. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, verse 29. It says, Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with him an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. And it goes on. But we see David the prophet here. And Acts 2 points back to David as the Old Testament prophet. And it says, 2 Samuel talks about the Spirit of the Lord spake by me, and His word was in my tongue. So David, the Old Testament prophet, is being mentioned in the New Testament to show that His words were inspired from God. Our words are inspired from God. And this is why we have cross-references. The Bible proves itself. Psalm 22, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Matthew 27, 46, 
Eli, Eli, lamna sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? What's that? David. Who's that? Christ. What's that? Inspired words from prophets. Psalm 22, 18. They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. Matthew 27, 35. That it might be fulfilled, which is spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them and upon my vesture did they cast lots. Who said that? David. Who said that? Jesus. Who said that? God. Breathe inspired words. Old Testament, New Testament. Psalm 69, 21, they gave me also gall for my meat, and in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. Matthew 27, 34, they gave him vinegar to drink mingled with gall. We've got God's word. And I'm just showing you that so that we can get further reinforcement and double, triple, quadruple down on the fact that we have God's inspired word. What we have is what God said. We don't have to doubt it. Look at Matthew 24. Matthew 24. Matthew 24. Uh, okay. Uh, verse number 13 but he that shall endure unto the end the same shall be saved this is during a Old Testament fulfillment of Daniel where you're going to have to physically live so that you can enter into the millennial kingdom and so um, you have to endure to the end so that you can be saved physically it's about a physical preservation of someone's human life has nothing to do with your soul. And then it says in verse 14, in this gospel of the kingdom, this isn't the gospel of the grace of God. Two angels are going to show up on the scene. They're going to start preaching uh, this gospel, this gospel of the kingdom. And it says it shall be preached in all the world for a witness to all nations. And the Christian's already out of here. And the gospel, this gospel is going to be preached and it isn't going to be the gospel that we preach. We preach the gospel of the grace of God. This is the gospel of the kingdom. We won't go to, we won't go any deeper than that. There's messages on that that you can uh, go back and listen to to meet all that out. But it's for nations and then shall the end come. And then there's a verse here that comes in in uh, verse number 15, which is the main verse I wanted to get to. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet. So this is called Daniel's 70th week. Because Daniel the prophet spoke these words. Where? Well, read Daniel 9, read Daniel 11, read Daniel 12. Spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. Jesus, the prophet, is speaking the words of Daniel 
Except they weren't the words of Daniel. They were the words inspired by God for Daniel the prophet to speak. And now God is Jesus Christ, who is God, now came in the flesh, and He's speaking what the Father told Him to speak, which happens to be the same thing He told Daniel to speak. <laughs> I'm kind of going here and there and everywhere, but I'm just trying to show you how it all ties together. And we might not be able to wrap our minds around all of it, but that's why it's an inspired, God-breathed book. A couple more thoughts and then we'll close. Go back to jo uh, the Old Testament in the book of Joshua. Because also you'll see Old Testament writers further confirm that the Scriptures are inspired, were the inspired Word of God by quoting or letting us know that other books are Scripture, are from God. In Joshua 1, we get an example of that. And sometimes we read these verses... If you are preaching through it verse by verse, you might not draw this out in the verse, but it's there for a reason. Joshua 1 verse 7, uh, Only be thou strong and very courageous. Oh, man, that'll preach. That thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee. Joshua is referring back to the book of Moses, confirming that it's inspired from God. Turn not from it to the right hand or the left. Thou mayest prosper whithsoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and then... Thou shalt have good success. When it says, the book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, not only is he referring back to that as inspired scripture, but it's also, he's pointing out that it should be respected and revered. And I think that we've lost that in our culture. The public education system throughout the Bible back in 1963 because they don't respect it, they don't revere it. That's not what Joshua said is a good idea. <laughs> you won't be prosperous, probably be a good idea to keep God's word, keep God's law here in this context. You don't have to turn there, but in Deuteronomy it talks about, I will write on the tables the words that were in the first tables, which thou breakest, because you didn't respect them. And thou shalt put them in the ark. We're going to keep them safely. It's an idea of respecting and revering God's inspired, written, holy word. Remember we talked about this a few lessons uh, Sunday afternoons ago uh, in Nehemiah 8. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people did what? You remember? They stood up. Why? It's just another form of respect and a way to revere God's word. It's inspired, God-breathed words. And we need to respect them, and we need to revere them, we need to honor them. People stand in line for hours to get somebody to sign their book. The author of the book, you know, they buy a, a New York Times bestseller, and then they're going to have a book signing. Now, uh, Chris, have you ever done this? 
You buy a book and you stand in line. I've, I've not done this either. This is a phenomenon in America. You, you, can, you can go to Barnes & Noble and buy the book for $15. And then you can stand in line. If, if the author comes to your town, you can get it signed by them. I guess that'd be cool if, you, if, if you're really into that author. Okay. And what do you think you're going to do? You're just going to throw the book away anywhere out, anywhere you want? You're just going to read it whenever? No, you're leaving that place, holding that book tight to your body, and you're putting it safe on your shelf. And you're going to protect it and revere it. God's not going to sign your book. Oh, wait, He did. <laughs> it's His words. It's His words. It's His hand that moved the men to pen it down. I think we ought to respect and revere the Word of God. I trust that you do. All right, let's wrap up. We're going to go past uh, <clears throat> first, <coughs> first and Second Kings, go past Chronicles, and then you'll come to the book of Ezra, Ezra 1, Ezra chapter number 1, watch what Ezra does, watch what he calls the book of Jeremiah, Ezra the prophet in 1.1, 1, 1. now in the first year, yeah that's right, thank, yeah yeah okay, uh, of Cyrus the king of Persia, here it is, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. Ezra is confirming that what Jeremiah spoke is from God. That's Holy Scripture. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus the king. But you see, it's Ezra confirming that the book of Jeremiah is from God. Go to chapter 5. chapter number 5 and it says in verse number 1 then the prophets Haggai uh, then the prophets Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Iddo prophesied unto the Jews that were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the Lord in the name of the God of Israel even unto them so we see Ezra not only recognizes that what Jeremiah spoke and his book is from God, but he also recognizes that other books, other prophets, Haggai and Zechariah, hey, what those guys said, that's from God too. Prophet recognizing prophet. Uh, we'll do one more. Uh, Daniel 9, Jeremiah is referred to as the word of the Lord in the book of Daniel. Uh, also in the book of Daniel, the law of Moses is called the word of God. Um, that's a good one to look at. Get Daniel. We'll do two more verses. Daniel 9 and Zechariah 7. Just so you can see them. Get your eyeballs on them. Look at Daniel 9. Daniel 9, verse 2, In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, 
understood by books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. He's recognizing Jeremiah as God's word. Go to uh, chapter 9, verse 11. It says, And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright, for unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I came for thy words. That's not the verse I'm looking for. Wait. That is not... Oh, I gotta find that verse. Maybe another another time. Well, I don't want to tarry here too long. I have to find that verse, but we'll finish out in Zechariah. Um, but he refers to the law of Moses as the word of God, and then he also references the book of Judges. But that doesn't help you to look at it because I don't have the right verse written. All right, Zechariah, second to the last book of the Bible, chapter 7. Zechariah chapter number 7, last one we'll look at, is verse 12. The Bible says, Yea, they made their hearts as an adamant stone, lest they should hear the law and the words which the Lord of hosts hath sent in his spirit by, here it is, the former prophets. Zechariah, the Old Testament prophet says, hey, all the former prophets, all their books, it's from God. And he confirms that in that verse. So that's just a few. There's a whole lot more. But that's just a few to give us an, an overview of just how powerful this book is and how many cross-references there are, even from just the Old Testament, proving that, hey, God spoke this. It's from Him.